Oh, well, it's been, uh, wow, it's been since August 8th. It's been three weeks since I've been with you speaking. And let me just, uh, can I give you a little recap of where we've been the, the two weeks prior to me uh, going on vacation? Here's what we covered the first and the eighth. And maybe some of this will ring a bell if you're with us or watching online those weeks. Uh, on the first, we went through Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And the basic push of that, it's the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And we work through a couple main truths. Maybe these will ring a bell for you. The, the very first one is God's plan for making followers of Jesus is you. So in this go and make disciples of all nations, God's plan for making followers of Jesus is you. It's us. It's, it's a personal thing. And so that's that imperative right there. You go it's on us as individuals and then there's a second thing within that passage not only is his plan us his program for making followers is everyday life and so here's the whole idea that jesus gave as he sent out his disciples he says you know you're the plan and he said as you are going so it's in your everyday life he says, I want to make followers, and I want it to be through you, and it's as you are going, make disciples. And so his concept was, it wasn't merely to be through an event, it wasn't merely to be in a building, he didn't want to quarantine disciple-making to one location, it was to disseminate throughout the world, through all of his people, Everywhere they went, disciple-making was to be unleashed. And it was intended to be unleashed through our changed lives. Our changed lives were to be a head-turner for our world. And then the second week, on the 8th, we went through Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, where he said, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so... We went through a third truth, and that was to pay attention to our opportunities. To pay attention to our opportunities. And so here, we, we had talked about the reality that our lives, let your light so shine before men, Jesus said, that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Or Peter put it this way, he said, live such good lives among the pagans that even though they'll speak evil against you, one day they will turn and glorify your father in heaven and so we we pay attention to the opportunities where god's plan to reach our world the program to do it is our everyday life and we pay attention to every opportunity that god brings to us that's his opportunity for making disciples and then we talked about some of the stats maybe these will ring a bell for you as well we talked about some of the stats where disciple making happens the most. And here's the crazy thing is because disciple making happens the most in places where it's allowed the least. So here's disciple making growth rates. And so the places where it's allowed the least, check this out. Maybe you remember this. Iran, the growth rate 
of evangelical Christianity is 20% of the size of the church. It's an unbelievable rate of growth. And then Afghanistan. Now, obviously, we need to keep praying. The church was growing at an exponential rate of 17%. And then even places where you would be imprisoned and even put to death like Nepal and India... The church is growing 5.3% or 4%. These are, these are respectable rates. And then we look at the USA where we have freedom. We have all of these opportunities. We have a church on every corner, and the church growth rate is 0.08%. You know, our population growth rate is 12 times the rate of growth of evangelicalism. And we have more opportunities, more events, more programs than any other place in the world. And so the question comes up that the gospel is advancing where disciple-making is an individual passion and mission rather than just being relegated to an organization and events and a building where everyone takes it as an individual passion. It's my responsibility God has missioned me to do this. And this is the growing heartbeat of our church. This is a growing heartbeat of East Bay Calvary. Our mission is more and better disciples. And where we see it as, that's my mission. God's plan is me. God's program is my everyday life. I want to be more intentional with how I live. That's my life culture that is our church culture. It's not just a periodic event. So let me just take a mini commercial. So whoop, here we go, mini commercial. So here's what we plan to do about it. Because some people are going to say, I have no idea. I have no idea how to do this. This has not been how I've been wired as a Christian all my life. And I'm just, I'm just going to open up with you. It's not been how I've been wired as a Christian my whole life either. So here's what we want to do to try to develop a disciple-making culture here at East Bay Calvary Church. Beginning this fall, <clears throat> we want to have some group and teaching opportunities to talk about how to do everyday disciple making. So there's gonna be three different things I wanna talk about right now, just for a second, and then I'm gonna jump into our text in Colossians chapter four. So here we go. The very first one, maybe you've seen some stuff come up for it. We're gonna have a seminar on September 19th with Dr. Uh, Michael Whitmer and it's going to be Sunday evening 6 p.m. it's called dealing with doubt can we know God exists and Mike is a phenomenal prof from uh, down at Cornerstone and we have two resources for you and one is a book that he has another is is called the case for Christianity by Lee Strobel it's the answers book it's a $15 book we're gonna have it free for you if you come to this seminar, so a little bait there for you, but freebie for everyone, every adult that comes, boom, it's going to be yours. Because we want to be able to lay a foundation. Here's a way that you can have the tools you need to be able to be a better resource for people that you talk to. So that's number one. And then this fall, we're going to be targeting with two special groups on Sunday morning before our time at 10 o'clock. We're going to have two times at 9 o'clock, and here's uh, where they're going to be geared toward. One is called Walk With Me. 
starting September 26, it's just disciple making made simple. Here's how we do it in our everyday life. And another one is on the book of Titus. It's called Passing the Baton. Titus is a phenomenal book about disciple making and how, how Paul did it with Titus, how Titus did it with others. And it's just a phenomenal study about that. Those are two specific class items that you can be thinking about that will start at 9 o'clock on September 26. So just write those down. Keep those in mind. And with that in mind, our desire is to be multiplying. Our desire is to be reproductive. That's a sign of maturing. We want to be pandemic-proof. We want to be persecution-proof. If the pandemic came again and they said we can't meet, I don't want our discipleship to stop. We can keep it going if we all continue to do it in our everyday lives. So here we go. Colossians 4. Let's jump there together. But in this message today, before anything happens, before you talk to anybody, before you connect with a friend, before you talk with your neighbor, before you go to someone at work, before you do anything, I want to talk today about the very first thing you need to do in the whole process of disciple-making. This is so important, it's so critical. The very first step in the process of disciple-making, and if we skip this, it all flops. We've got to do this. This is key. And what it is in Colossians 4, 2 to 6, the very first step in disciple-making is pray. It's pray. And here's why. And I don't know how I can say it any better than this. Because prayer, when we pray, we talk to God. And God changes hearts. God opens doors. God gives opportunities. Because in prayer we recognize, I can't touch their heart i can't access their inner life i'm not the key that changes them god is and so here i want to walk through in our remaining moments together this is the big key this is the first step in disciple making this is the most important step in disciple making because even if we fumble and flop in some areas you know what the biggest deal is god's work in their life it's not yours and so here let's look at it verses two through six in colossians four and here's what the text says it's also up on your screen it says devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. God's the door opener, God's the heart changer, 
Everything we attempt is on the outside and it's totally dependent on his work on the inside. And that's why prayer is the big main ingredient. So let's just work through two questions this morning and then we'll finish up. Number one, how do we pray? How do we pray? And so the text comes out with a definitive word and he says, devote yourselves to prayer. So I just want to I just want to just open up this word, devote yourselves. Some translations say continue earnestly in prayer. And so this word devote or continue earnestly, it has the composition. It means to be steadfast, to endure, to adhere to one, to give unremittent care to or to persevere. Um, Think of it as, I'm going to stick to this. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to do this no matter what. And so here, imagine one just grabbing hold of something and I'm not going to let go. I'm going to stick with it. And this is not the only time that this idea of unremittent prayer is emphasized in scripture. Paul mentioned it earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, pray without ceasing. Romans 12, continue steadfastly in prayer. Uh, Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer. And so it just continues on and on and on. And so this is devotion. We need devoted prayer if we're to be disciple makers. And so I just want to ask you really quick, Think about it. What would devoted prayer look like for you? If you want to be devoted in prayer and disciple-making, what would that look like for you? I want to give you a few ideas. Write these down. Put them in your phone, whatever may be the case. Here's some ideas, ways to be devoted in prayer in the disciple-making process. Because oftentimes just to be open with you, we forget. Uh, Big gaps of time go by. Devoted prayer, ways to remind yourself to be devoted in prayer would be something like this. It would be to put on your wallpaper, on your phone, reminders. For some people, maybe to put on their bathroom mirror a reminder, or <clears throat> on their refrigerator door, a reminder, or for some people, maybe a bracelet, a reminder. But you know, if you're passionate about helping people take their next step with God, we need to be able to have reminders. Possibly you have a small group partner or your life partner, or your spouse, you talk about this and you remind each other about regularly praying and keeping up with with talking to God, being vigilant in prayer for something that is of great concern for you. I I, I read a quote um, recently, listen to this, it says, true prayer often involves struggling and working and grappling with God. Proving to him the deepest concern of our heart. He goes on, he says, prayer is to be a persistent, 
courageous activity from which the believer may come away like Jacob, limping, praying with devotion. He mentions another thing, and I need to keep on moving here. He says, being watchful, which is keeping alert, being vigilant, and it's related to being devoted. And then he says, with thanksgiving, and I'm just going to move through this thing, but the, the, the word means celebration. It has little to do with helping God. God does not get depressed because we haven't thanked him. This is a reminder for us. When we're thankful to God, it reminds us God is good. God does remember. God does help when we pray. And so that's the idea of thanksgiving. And then here's the big question. Not only how do we pray, what do we pray for? And this is what I want to get at, and this is what we're going to conclude with here. What do we pray for? And so he gets to verse 4, or he says in verse 3, pray for us too. And here's the big thing. That God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And so here's the big thing. Pray that God would open doors. That's what we pray for. God open doors. Now the idea of an open door is nothing new in Scripture. And man, I have a whole list of verses here. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul writes, I shall remain in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door of effective service has opened for me. He later wrote to the Corinthians, a door had been opened for him at Troas. I mean, there's so many verses, Acts 14, 27. He, he mentions all things God has done with them and open a door of faith to the Gentiles, Acts 16. He goes on, Revelation 3, 7, you know, he says, Jesus is the one who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. The, the deal of the door is not a new concept. But more significant than the concept of an open door is the reality of this. I'm going to go over here. We all understand the concept of a door. We all know that it keeps out and it also allows access. But the big thing about the door is not necessarily the door itself. Here's what the text is talking about. There's only one person. There's only one person that can open it. This is what the text is getting at. There's only one person that can open it. And you see in your text, that person is who? It's God. It says, pray that God will open the door. The person's God. And I know that this may seem simplistic. This is why prayer is so critical. Because not only has God given us his word 
and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he's also given us direct access to him, the only one that is able to open the door of people's hearts and open the door of opportunities to be able to connect. That's why we need to pray. Friend, you can't open someone's door. Nothing that you do can open their door. There's not an event that opens their door. There's not a special trick that opens their door. It's the God of heaven that opens people's doors. And this is why we pray. Only one person can open man's heart. God's in the driver's seat of our circumstances. Let me just give you some backup if you want to really... Let me just give you some backup on that. Proverbs 20, 24. A man's steps are of the Lord. How can a man understand his own way? Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that's what stands. Proverbs 21, 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who directs his own steps. God opens doors of hearts. Now here's a good part. Because some of us have written people off. Some of us said, there is no way. There's no way those people turn around. There's no way they'll ever believe. Some would have said that of the Apostle Paul who wrote 13 books in the New Testament. But because God is sovereign and rules there is no heart there is no hardness that is too great that god cannot break down the door of opposition in one's life to make for a beautiful grand entrance for his message of the gospel of jesus christ atheist agnostic adulterer Blasphemer, cult follower, Pharisee, they're all puny, anemic, powerless before a sovereign, door-opening God, our God. God can do all. Now, here's what some people say, because I've heard it. If God's in control of everything, why pray? Have you ever heard that one? God's in control of everything, then why pray, Pastor? Well, here's what I say. If God's not in control of everything, then why pray? We're talking to the one who can do it. And so we need to express to him our desire in disciple-making for him to open doors.
Now, I still have a whole lot more for you that we'll have to save for a later date, but I'm going to jump to our application. Here's what it is. We need to pray. I'm going to give you three areas. Let's pray for God to open and reopen doors in our community. Open and reopen doors in our community. And especially, can I ask this of you, through the entire month of September, every day, which means you're going to have to put it on your phone, or your fridge, or your mirror, or your wrist, or somewhere, every day through the month of September, God open and reopen doors in our community. And here's what we would ask him to do. God, open doors of people's hearts. Soften people's hearts. Pray for favor for our church in the eyes of our region. Pray that God would allow our region to see our church as a place of grace and answers and love and hope and Jesus. Pray that our lives would be compelling. And as we're getting discouraged with our world, pray that people would even look to us for hope. But let's pray that God would open and reopen doors in our community. You realize we have 40% of our region is de-churched. And that number is growing. But God, open opportunities for us in our community. Here's number two. I want you to pick three names. Three names. Pray for three people far from God. Every day through September. Pick three names. Now, if you don't know three people far from God, pray for yourself. <laughs> because you need to. Pray for three people far from God. They might be a believer, but they need to take steps toward God. Pray for him by name. Pray that God would open a door for you to connect with them, to relate with them. And maybe that would be over coffee or just a chat or with a note. But this is the life of a disciple maker as you're going. Pray that God would open a door with you, with those people, that you can help them take their next step, that they'll just walk with you in life. And then here's the third step. Pray for God to open your door. Pray for God to open your door. I'm just going to be open with you as a pastor. What I'm talking about is not what many churches talk about. 
Disciple making is a different journey than what the regular Church of America talks about. And it stretches people far beyond church as usual. I may not be pastor popular by nudging us in this direction. It will stretch our comfort zones. We're going to ask more of us individually than what is typically asked in a regular church. But we're going to be doing things based upon productivity. What truly makes us disciple makers? Pray that God would open our doors to be open to his leading for the advancement of his gospel and his kingdom. Genuinely. And part of that open door for you might be saying, hey, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier on Sunday and I'm going to come to Titus or walk with me. And I'm going to start to get that framework in my heart of being a disciple maker. Or you know what? I'm going to do that seminar and I'm going to start to build some tools in me to be a personal disciple maker. Or you know what? I'm going to carve out some personal time. I'm going to give up some things. That way I'll have more time to invest in people's lives to be a disciple maker. But pray that God will open up your door as well to think about the life of a disciple maker. Because that's what God has called us all to. Would you stand with me? But before you get there, before you open your mouth with anyone, Before you talk to anyone, open your heart. Open your heart and pray. Because that's our biggest resource. Because God does the heavy lifting for us. And so, Father, right now, we ask that you would do that on behalf of our people here and watching online. Do the heavy lifting in the work of disciple-making for your leaders, your pastors, your elders, and for all the people. Please open doors. Open doors of opportunity, open doors of hearts. May your word and the message of Jesus Christ go forward in unusual ways and only ways that we would say, man, that was God. That was God. We pray you would do it. The God of the open door. Remind us to pray. May we be a praying people for this. Thank you, Father, that we're not on our own because we can't do it. It's all in your hands. We rest in you. We thank you. We love you. We trust you. In the name of Jesus. And all of you speak Calvary said, amen. So before you go, before you go, I got to tell you this, and then I'll let you go. Uh, and I don't see him. I think they skipped out. Ken and Gail Bowman. It's their 50th wedding anniversary today. There's Ken. I see Ken back there. 
Ken and Gail Bowman, 50th wedding anniversary today. Or not, it was this week. Wayne and Linda Christine's 50th wedding anniversary today. So congratulations to them. Anyone else their 50th wedding anniversary today? That's a big deal, isn't it? Hey, God bless you. Be praying. Let's be praying. Remind ourselves. Be praying, church. God would open doors. God bless you. Have a good one.